Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for all the many blessings you've given us all throughout this day. Now the awesome opportunity once again that you've given us to be able to get into your word. Help us now as we do this. We pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study of May to Z in the word knowledge, we'll turn to Matthew in chapter 28. Here we see what is known as the Great Commission where we are commissioned or instructed to go out and teach, to share the knowledge that the Lord has given us. As he writes here in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So, we know that He has given us knowledge through our experiences, through direct revelation He gives us while we study His Word, and directly from the Holy Ghost, and we are instructed to take that knowledge and to share it with others, to teach others. And many have been called into the ministry to be preachers and teachers and missionaries to do that very thing, to spread the knowledge, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of the opportunity of salvation, everlasting life, so much ahead of us. And we are instructed to share that with others. Now we go to the Gospel of Luke, and we see here some reference to John the Baptist being able to give knowledge. And we see this account over in Luke chapter 1, and pick it up in verse 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias, after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so. But he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. It was pretty disrespectful of the mother there, of Elizabeth, to ignore what she was saying and to go straight to Zacharias. As it continues, he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. If you remember the account, Zacharias was stricken with an inability to speak when he doubted what the angel had told him about the birth of John. This continues back in verse 65. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard 
them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which we swear to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. John the Baptist. And that prophecy that was delivered by Zacharias, by the power of the Holy Ghost that had filled him, and saying there once again that the task, the job, the ordination of John the Baptist was, verse 77, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Spreading the gospel, the good news of the availability of salvation, to be able to get forgiveness, to be able to get eternal life, salvation. Awesome. And he was given that blessed opportunity, and he did that job, and he did that job very well. And on over into Luke chapter 11, and as we pick it up in chapter 11, we see how the Lord has been chastising and criticizing the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the lawyers, and so forth, and they take offense of it, and let's pick it up in Chapter 11, verse 45. Then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, thus saying, Thou reproacheth us also. And he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers! For ye laid men with burdens grievous to be borne, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you! For ye build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly ye bear witness that ye allow the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and ye build them sepulchres. Therefore also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets which was laid from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation." From the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple, 
Verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe unto you, lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. See, they bottled it up. They didn't want anybody to know. As he continues, And as he said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. They were the scoundrels that he pointed out, and they just continued to display that. And they, as he said there, did not want others to learn. As verse 52 again, Woe unto you lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye enter not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. They didn't want to learn the truth. They liked their altered version of it, and they didn't want any others to learn the truth. So they would put obstacles in their way to keep them from going and learning the truth. And then they would spread their lies to keep their positions. They liked their positions of power and prestige and didn't want anything to hamper that. All right, now go over to the Gospel of John. And here we see the Lord teaching about what we have available to us which is the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost, which can teach us all the knowledge that we need to do the task that He has set for us to do and to give us peace of mind, to give us an understanding of what we have to look forward to, to give us that comfort, because He's known as the Comforter and the Spirit of Truth. As we get into that in Gospel of John in chapter 14. Let's just go ahead and pick it up right at the very beginning of chapter 14. It's such an awesome set of verses here. Where it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. When we have that knowledge of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we don't have to be worried. We don't have to be worried about anything. We love Him. We love God the Father. We love the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And we love what He has in store for us and what He's already done for us. As he continues, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know and the way ye know. This is knowledge that they should have already picked up from the Lord through the experiences they've already had with the Lord and through studying the Word and knowing the prophecies and seeing them fulfilled. They should have had the knowledge. But then we got some questions directly from the disciples. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Now we can't be too hard on the disciples at this point in their spiritual growth. Even though they've been with the Lord for quite some time, 
at this point, they still were not indwelt with the Holy Ghost. And there's a major difference that occurs in a person when they are indwelt with the Holy Ghost. And enlightenment occurs. And Jesus continuing to teach here. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou, then show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. If we love him, keep his commandments. He was speaking directly to the disciples. But this can apply to us as well. When we truly do the commandments that he's speaking of here, which is the two primary ones that he emphasized over in Matthew chapter 22. Let's look at those again. Jesus saith unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the commandments are being fulfilled when you do these two great commandments that he just told us here. And when we do those completely and fully, then we are able to do what he tells us back over there in John chapter 14. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. I dare say, I know no one not even myself, that could say 100% that they do those two great commandments. To truly love your neighbor as yourself is an extreme challenge. And to totally, with all your existence, love God is an extreme challenge as well. Let's look at those two commandments once again, because they are so powerful. Yet they sound so simple, but they are so powerful. Let's analyze them a little closer. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. It doesn't say with just part of it, just 10% of it, just one day a week of it. No, with all your heart and with all thy soul. That is your very life force itself. Your holy whole life is devoted to serving the Lord. 
and with all thy mind. That may be one of the most challenging. With all your mind, is all your thoughts every day focused on serving the Lord, pleasing the Lord, being within the will of the Lord? Or are there times in our minds where we are selfish, that we are more interested in our own satisfaction than in satisfying the Lord? And the second one being, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Can anyone truly tell me and back it up that they have done such a thing? To love someone else as much as they love themselves? I dare say that Jesus Christ was the only one that was ever to be able to do those two commandments, commandments to the fullest. But he tells us we need to do that. That needs to be our goal. And the closer and closer we get to fulfilling that goal of truly loving God with all of our existence and to love others as ourselves, that will open up the floodgates of the power of God within us. So that needs to be our goal. And then back over in John chapter 14, If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. That comforter that it speaks of there in verse 16 is the Holy Ghost. And he continues to describe the Holy Ghost, even the Spirit of Truth. So we got two names here for the Holy Ghost, Comforter and Spirit of Truth. That Spirit of Truth is that indwelling power to be able to determine whether something is right or wrong, to know the truth and to know the lies and recognize them when you hear them. So that is given to us when we truly trust in, in the Lord and listen to the Lord. As it continues, Even a spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, it is not available to the world. It is only available to the born-again Christians. Even a spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Dwelling within us, in us, inside of us, right there, that kind of access to the power and authority of God. And the Holy Spirit living right within us. We get our love right. We get that focused attention that we need on the will of the Lord. And then we do things to glorify the Father when we are truly paying attention to the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost, the knowledge that He can give us. As it continues, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Here he's talking to the disciples that are right there with him, talking about how he's going to be crucified, and they're going to see him for a while, and then he's going to be seen again. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. He's going to reveal himself to us. Now here he's speaking directly to the disciples about his death, burial, and resurrection, rising that third day, and being seen of them, 
and being seen with him for 40 days and then ascending to the Father. And when we love him and he dwells us with the Holy Ghost, then he manifests himself to us as well, reveals himself to us. As it continues here with his interaction with the disciples, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Isn't that awesome how he tells us here that he is going to live with us, live in us when we truly express that love for him? He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And that's awesome endorsement right there. Of the things that the disciples continue to preach and teach, the accuracy of the Word of God, the records that we have of the Acts of the Apostles and the letters given to us by those that were true followers and dwelt with the Holy Ghost, given that spirit of truth and then recorded things that the Lord wanted them to share with us. We can depend on that. We can count on that because it comes directly from the Lord through them. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. An endorsement right there of the accuracy of the Word of God, as he continues, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that's awesome, and that's so comforting to know that even in these trying times, even throughout the most severe persecutions that the Christians are facing throughout the world today, we can still be at comfort. We can still be at peace. The world cannot understand it. We cannot even understand how we can be with such peace when we're truly tied into the Lord, when we're truly listening to the Holy Ghost and, and hanging on to that comfort and that knowledge that He can give us, that knowledge of what we have to look forward to for eternity is so inspiring. As it continues, Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye ye would rejoice because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. He revealed a lot of stuff to them that they were not yet able to really comprehend. But then when it was being fulfilled and unfolding right in front of them, then they remembered. Oh, that's what he said. That's what it meant. Now we see it. Now we can trust and know it. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, 
let us go hence. And not long after that, he's arrested and, of course, horribly treated and crucified, buried, rose the third day, stuck around some 40 days preaching and teaching, ascended to the Father, sits on the right hand of the Father, our great high priest, the one who can indwell us with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost and, and give us that knowledge and that understanding of His will and of His Word so that we can take that and turn around and share it just like He told us in that great commission. And now look over at the Acts of the Apostles in chapter 1. We see this event of Him ascending up to the Father. And this is 40 days after His resurrection. As it reads, let's go right from the very beginning of Acts chapter 1. This former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which He was taken up. After that, He, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom He had chosen. So see, we see that beginning of that communication and that knowledge that they are receiving directly from the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. A very interesting point here. He shows us that there are things that we are not going to know. It isn't for us to know. He reveals stuff to us that we need to know when we need to know it. Just like he's pointing out here. Not even giving that information to these disciples. But as he further instructs, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Judea Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Such an awesome event, such an awesome experience that they had, to be able to see him ascend up to the Father, sit on the right hand of the Father, and be given that instruction to share that knowledge, to go out to preach and to teach the wondrous opportunity of salvation, the experience that we can have to be indwelt with the Holy Ghost, and then be taught directly by the Holy Ghost, given knowledge and understanding that He wants us to have 
because there are things that we might be curious about that it's not for us to know at this time. But at the appropriate time, He will reveal things to us. As we mature and grow as Christians, we can handle more. As the events take place and unfold in front of us, then He can reveal more and more stuff to us. The closer we get to the last days, the more and more revelation that we will be able to have. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank You for Your Word. It's so powerful. And it teaches us the things that we need to know. And we truly thank You for that knowledge. Encourage all of us to go out as the great commission you've given us and to share that knowledge with others. Thank you so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.